Guys, welcome to the Adam Fitch Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Fitch. You should know that by the name of the podcast and the fact that this is, I think, the 20th episode. I could be completely wrong on that. I haven't checked because I'm really professional like that. Work life's got in the way of all preparation time. And yeah, so I think it's the 20th. If so, that means I've been going for roughly five months now, which is insane. I haven't haven't missed a week yet. I don't plan on doing so, showing everyone else up, or at least I'm trying to. So today I'm joined by a special guest. I say that every time because if they're on the podcast, then, then they've, they've got to be on for a reason and, and they know what they're on about. I'm not going to have any LinkedIn, esports, expert, grifter, fraud people on here by any means. So so today, it's uh, I've got to check the pronunciation of your surname, actually. I think I'll get it right, but is it Matt Rutledge? Yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> I, 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 I never... I never want to presume because I could, <laughs> I could fuck up and make myself look a fool that way. But you're the, the uh, director of mobile gaming for Complexity, right? That's right. And you can call me Mobile Matt because uh, that is my specialization. <laughs> mobile. I, I'm, what could I do for myself then to have like a catchy name like that? Like Angry Adam. <laughs> I'm known for being pretty angry, actually. So <laughs> we, could, we could probably go with that. So yeah, Mobile Matt, the man himself, if you haven't guessed by... That, that kind of nickname, that, that online user and his job title. He is a mobile esports absolute expert. No one better than him in the absolute world. I'm not going to big him up too much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no one. So where, where would you say um, it all started with you when it comes to mobile esports specifically? Because I've never had anyone on this podcast that, that deals in that side of esports and it's not talk, talked about anywhere near as much as PC and, and console, obviously. Right. And mobile itself is a really new industry. So, uh, certainly something that I, I hear a lot. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on 20 episodes. That's a Thank incredible feat. It's keep not it up. too bad, man. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, but I've been involved in mobile esports uh, almost from the very beginning. Um, so going back to four years ago when Clash Royale launched, that was when I really uh, started entering the esports industry. At the time, I was working as entrepreneur in residence for um, an investment firm in tech consumer and basically got the nod to start an in-house startup using our development and capital. Um, and you know, being a huge gamer, I, I wanted to start a company in the esports industry, and that was kind of how I got personally involved. Um, and at that time, again, Clash Royale had just recently launched, and so as someone that played that a lot, I, I chose that game as the one to um, you know get the company off on the right foot because I, I knew the turf. Um, and that positioned me personally in that game at a really interesting time because um, we were actually the first endemic sponsor in the scene, and so got to explore a lot of novel marketing campaigns and um, things that are very specific to the mobile esports industry. Um, we're actually the first to contract a professional Clash Royale team, um, the first to go out and host, you know, tournaments and sponsored events on YouTube and Twitch. Um, and then really I've just been trying to, you know, stay at the forefront of the mobile sports industry ever since. And um, been in a position where, you know, we were able to get the ball rolling on a lot of different things. Uh, uh, one of those was uh, a, a series called Mobile Gaming Mondays, which was the first recurring live event series for mobile sports title right. in the United States. And, actually did that at the TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Um, that was a really awesome event. I, I loved that. Tried to create a format that was mobile first, open floor format that isn't limited by hardware, and um, actually turned that into a bit of like a mobile gaming festival. It was, it was a blast. Um, and uh, about you know two years ago, a little over two years now, um, got the great chance to join Jason Lake at Complexity Gaming and uh, have been director of mobile here ever since. So I have to give some background on my mobile gaming experience. I actually think I've played more than the, the general person, um, but awesome. but it's it's. I don't mean this to be <laughs> demeaning to esports and mobile esports or anything, but it was mainly when I would like visit the bathroom, right? In the most cute yeah. way I can put that, right? It'd be like, 
all right, I, I need something to fill my time for a bit to keep myself occupied, you know? And then and then you find yourself, like, you've been there for an hour, your legs are dead, and you've, like, lost, like, 1,000 points in Clash Royale or something, you know, like, you've gone down so much. It was, um, so I played a lot of Clash Royale, a lot of Brawl Star, but th- those were two games, so I guess you could say, like, Supercell is, is the way for me. I've never tried anything else, but, um, and at one point when Brawl Stars first came out, I thought I could go pro. I, I swear to you, I thought I had oh. it, and then people soon started catching up, and then I realised, okay, yeah, I should just leave it, leave it as it is, and, and stick with writing, you know. But so, so why, why mobile esports for you? What, what was kind of the game or, or the reason why you decided to, to go into that side of things? Yeah, I discovered pretty early on um, that there was something huge on the horizon for gaming and mobile esports specifically. Um, and you know, like anybody else, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't really tell you what you know the future of the industry is going to be. Um, I've got some great guesses. I'm happy to share some of that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what I know is that if, if we can just kind of continue building at the periphery of this industry, um, it's going to turn into something really special um, because it's got everything that you need for a sustainable esports ecosystem. You've got these massive player bases um, who you know involve players that just intrinsically love competition, and so. That goes, uh, a great example of that is a game like Clash of Clans, which for all intents and purposes, and yet there's been a really thriving competitive scene that's developed even from that. And they have uh, esports scene with over a million dollars worth of prizes every year. Um, and so it's almost kind of inevitable that when you get a, a group of gamers together in large numbers that they'll just be competitive and they'll create a scene like this. And so, uh, again, just knowing that it's probably going to be a lot different than PC and console, um, I want to keep building into mobile-specific initiatives in the esports industry. Okay, uh, so I went to the, oh, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it was the, it was basically the, the World Cup or the World Championship for Clash Royale in, um, in Japan in like 2018. Oh, it, was, it was the first event, yeah. I, the first LAN I ever went to. Which is wow. wild, like like flew for like twelve hours to to watch it. It was very very interesting mm. as as it was. Um, and yeah, I I'd say from memory, so like complexity, complexity, and hundred thieves were like some of the like the founding teams or like the the inaugural teams in in the CRL CRL right. And then from then right. I, I haven't seen too much from it. I know OGN kind of stepped in. And now they've, uh, mm-hmm. presumably because of PUBG Corp, they've retracted their presence in North America and, and let go of people and such. So, like, can, can right. you uh, discuss, like, the Clash Royale League a little bit and, and like, your involvement in that with, with Complexity and such? Absolutely. So, um, Complexity Gaming was involved in the first three seasons of CRL. Um, and, you know, we had a phenomenal team that did really well over that time. We actually had our players featured on the Conan O'Brien show, um, <laughs> represent the game and, and mobile gaming to their audience and, um, it was an absolute blast. Uh, Complexity Gaming did uh, drop out of the league. We're not yeah. just putting it here. Uh, but there were, like you mentioned, a lot of, uh, uh, there was some turbulence uh, with the league, just with OG attracting, and then also, of course, with the coronavirus situation mm-hmm. and all of these large live events that have now had to be delayed or, or moved online. And so that's what we're looking at now. Supercell did release information uh, announcing that they are going to be transitioning to an online format for CRL this year. Right. Um, but that will be starting next month. Okay. And um, so, so what games... Uh, what mobile titles does Complexity compete in at the moment? Are, are there any? Cause I'm not aware of any, but I'm not up to date on that side of things, yeah. unfortunately. No, of course. Um, and so I can kind of give a broad overview. Um, there are a ton of mobile esports titles uh, that are actually bigger than most people think. Right. Um, Complexity Games specifically, we've got two great Fortnite mobile creators, Ducky the Gamer and Roland, um, okay. and have had a lot of fun and a lot of success with both of those guys. We also had a Ducky on a national uh, Samsung commercial last year as well. So. Um, really awesome to have guys that really represent mobile as an industry 
um, at, at the forefront from that perspective too. But there's a ton. Uh, Clash Royale is still really going strong, even though they, like a lot of leagues right now, are, are having to transition to online formats. Um, still have really high hopes for that league. Um, Brawl Stars, of course, and Clash of Clans as the other Supercell titles. Um, they also have, again, over a million dollars worth of pricing for both of those games as well. Um, and Brawl Stars itself has like this recurring monthly uh, qualifier that is a really unique format. So you can accrue points here, and then at the end, there'll be a large world championship. There's also, of course, PUBG Mobile, which is still going really strong. Um, a game like Free Fire that is really mm -hmm. under the radar. Uh, most people haven't even heard of the game. Oh, or, it's huge or on YouTube, right? Passing. It, it, I mean, they've had streams that have gotten 2 million concurrent viewers on a single broadcast. Yeah. And that, it's just ridiculous. So, um, And that's primarily coming from a single country. <laughs> so it, it's really wild what's going on in, in Brazil right now. And you also have, again, games like Fortnite Mobile that are going strong. And um, one's on the, on the you know, horizon as well, Call of Duty Mobile, massively popular game, especially in the West. So a lot of us in the industry have really high hopes for what's going to come out of there from an esports perspective. Um, and then, of course, uh, later this year, you've got League of Legends Mobile or Wild Rift coming out as well. So uh, definitely a lot of excitement, especially this year in mobile sports. Uh, are all of your, um, so your players and creators and such on the mobile side, are they all American or have you gone to say asia for example because I've, I've noticed with like tsm and, and fanatic so tsm partnered with entity gaming i believe and then fanatic's got like an asian pubg mobile roster as well like i've noticed that like western brands going into the east to to get the, the players because that's seemingly where yeah. where the better people are but i could be wrong on that well it's a really unique strategy for you know tier one esports organizations to enter emerging markets because mobile is one of the best ways to do that you have games that are massively popular in india or southeast asia like pubg mobile um, and then, of course, you have games that are popular in Brazil, like Free Fire. And so you have these, you know, Western brands that are entering these titles, but they're doing it um, in a really authentic way for that game and for that region. And, of course, you know, bringing that brand and the resources and infrastructure that are in place to really, you know, build in that region as well. So it ends up being a, a great situation for everybody involved. Um, but when it comes to complexity gaming strategy specifically, again, it really just depends on the game. Um, right now, we have two guys that are American in Fortnite Mobile, but that, you know, um, depending on the game that strategy could change for sure okay and do you do you, is mobile esports content as big as like the actual gameplay and, and, and the tournaments are yeah um it is actually ridiculously big okay. <laughs> on youtube um so i i think the stat was uh six of the top 10 games on youtube for mobile titles or a game that has a mobile version of it like fortnite yeah um and when you put it into perspective like that it's actually incredibly huge and I think that as you know, time progresses, we'll see um, you know a broader trend taking place. So we're already seeing signs of it now. But where these games are, the player base is certainly more casual, but they're becoming becoming more and more hardcore. And as games themselves, the titles are becoming more competitive titles, right? We're not you know talking about the Candy Crushers nowadays, even though that game is still ridiculously huge. Mm -hmm. The games are getting more competitive, and so then you have the Supercell games, and then now you have the you know B Battle Royale games, um, and so this broader shift is taking place. So I think what we're going to see is a lot more competitive, more competitive interest from players um, as well, continuing over time. Yeah, well, like one one of like the the kind of it's not even trending at this point. It's kind of like kind of like a mainstay narrative or, or discussion when it comes to to mobile esports is the division between like the West and the East. And I mean, in, in the mm. West, we've already got PC players who look down on console players and controller players. And then 
somehow mobile mobile gamers are seen beneath that it's a really weird perception to me where like realistically they're all on the same page to, to me i mean like if it comes to actually competing all at the same time cross platforming say fortnite of course you're going to see some differences just because of the nature of of the, the consoles or the platforms in which they're playing but yeah it, it seems like it's a really weird perception there do you have any kind of insight on that or an opinion on it because it's just it always kind of baffled me yeah, and again, like you're talking about, this is a stigma that esports as an industry has kind of had to fight through for decades, right? Where mm-hmm. people from traditional sports have said, man, esports is not real sports. And now it's funny that it's happening within the esports industry <laughs> with console saying, oh, mobile esports are not real esports, you know? Um, but that's, yeah, it's really fascinating. And, and obviously, you know, from us, from the insider's perspective, people can believe what they want, right? I mean, we know what mobile esports is and we know that this is real and we love doing it and we're, we're going to keep doing us, you know what I mean? So it's not changing anything from that perspective, but I think what's going to end up leading to that stigma of really eroding is just um, uh, results. And so we need more successful mobile sports leagues, um, a lot more representatives of the industry to come in and educate people, which is again, why I love taking opportunities like this. I really appreciate you having me on because you know it, it's a, a chance to kind of introduce some people to this industry. And that's really important to me as, as someone that wants to kind of, be an educator from that perspective, but also representatives on the content side. So what creators are going to be the faces of their titles, right? Um, and how can their brands be built? Um, pro players as well. So I think, you know, as we kind of have more and more successful mobile esports running, um, that's something that's just going to be evident and kind of erode over time, basically. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. And and one thing I saw a lot of people say is like 2020 is the year, like that, that stigma will be gone and like mobile esports will, will break through <laughs> as such. Which I mean, it's it's kind of I don't know. It, it don't it don't really make sense to make that prediction unless there's something behind it. Well, most people think it's just a matter of time, but it feels to me like it's been a, just a matter of time for quite some time now. And um, when when Call of Duty Mobile came out, I, uh, there were a lot of people then. I think it even in, including myself saying this might be the one that that like breaks through and 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 destroys the barrier that's there, but. I haven't seen too much there, especially on like the eSports side. I don't know if there's any kind of homegrown community-based tournaments there, but I haven't seen anything official from Activision Blizzard and such. Though, obviously, that that entity is concentrating on, on something else right now, and that's ripping people off $25 yeah. million dollars at a time. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 do, you, do you think the game, or, or do you even think it'll just be one game that, that breaks it down? If so, do you think the game's already out yet, or it's yet to come? Like, is COD Mobile the one that's going to do it, or...? Yeah, what a phenomenal question, right? Um, and, you know, this is something that I spent a lot of time thinking about is what actually is going to need to happen in order for mobile gaming uh, and mobile esports to really gain traction in the West. And uh, because, again, if you look at the East, like you're talking about, there are these massively popular titles like Honor of Kings that have just swept the, the nation with China. Um, and so something like that is certainly, you know, bound to happen at some point. You, one would think in, in mobile esports in the West as well, at least have one title really sweep, you know, across uh, the region and, and just become a phenomenon like it has in so many other areas like Brazil, like India, like China. Um, and, you know, I think that the market is poised for that. Again, you just have so many players. Um, you have all the infrastructure set up in order to, to handle something like that. Um, and a lot of us in mobile esports were hoping that that would be Call of Duty Mobile. Um, and unfortunately, like you mentioned, there haven't been comprehensive esports plans executed. They've had small events uh, held by Garena, I believe, in Southeast Asia, and they've teased esports plans this year, but they have not uh, announced anything officially. 
So unfortunately, we are still waiting for that. The game's been out for about six months now. Um, you know, it's speculation, but you know, it's possible that the, the situation with coronavirus did complicate some plans that they had. Yeah. Um, that would certainly be a reasonable expectation. But um, you know, this is a game that just completely took over the United States specifically when it was launched. Uh, they reached 100 million downloads in the first week of this game being released, which was a record. Um, and then they also announced that 42% uh, of their revenue was being driven from the U.S. market, which, again, as someone in the mobile sports industry, you'd love to see that. That is a signal that, hey, you know, this could be the one that really unlocks the industry for us here. Um, so we are still obviously really hopeful that Call of Duty Mobile is roll out comprehensive esports plans. Um, is it going to be the game to put on the map? You know, we'll see. I, I love to think that it is. Um, again, we also have uh, Wild Rift though, launching later this year, which a lot of people are hoping for as well. And and um, when I think of titles that have been mishandled, it's actually PUBG. But then I, I look at PUBG Mobile, which is obviously um, operated by Tencent. And, and Tencent are, by all intents and purposes, the, the evil overlords that are ruling everything and slowly like getting the fingers in every single pie that exists. But I can't, I can't deny that they've done a really good job from what I've seen with like the PMCO and, and all of the kind of regional things mm -hmm. that they've got going there. Um, and like we've seen such as uh, I think Space Station Gaming may may have like two teams, like a, an Indian team and then another one. I I'm not, as I say, I'm not overly brushed up. Um, I just know Space Station actually launched its own uh, mobile kind of uh, division with, um, was it Clash with Ash and, and Power? I want to say... Power bang, yeah, I want right. to say power bang, but I thought it sounded ridiculous yeah. if I got it wrong, you know. <laughs> if I said power bang and that was entirely wrong, I'd be like, oh shit, I look alright, Div. But yeah, like the, obviously they've seen the um, the appeal and the opportunity there, and and I've always kind of touted SSG as like one of the smartest organizations. It's never really gone for the biggest titles. It's gone for the ones with really good developer support and those that will offer like partnerships with the team. So there's as skins in game and such, and the fact that they've doubled down on PUBG Mobile and and they're in quite a few different titles T to me PUBG mobile seems like the the no-brainer choice for for the the game that that can break break through but i i don't yeah. know how big it is over here as opposed to to in the east you know right yeah their primary regions definitely are uh southeast asia and india yeah um but, you know it's it is popular around the world i believe they have i think it was 500 million total downloads jesus uh, christ that stat but the game itself is just massive um, so certainly when you have that kind of player base, there's there's you know, a big pie for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a lot of respect for Space Station Gaming as well. Um, what Sean Duras and, and the whole crew over there have done has been really inspiring. And they have one of the, the these really creative ways of positioning a brand is just like a really cool group of people, right? And mobile's set up well for that is kind of the cool younger brother of the esports industry. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why you know they've had a brand alignment with, with mobile specifically. There's also great organizations like Tribe Gaming they yeah. recently raised a million dollars. Um, and yeah, here in, in mobile, there's a lot of organizations, or I'd say, you know, a, a handful of strong endemic mobile organizations that are built for the future as well in this industry. Um, and uh, one of the things that they're kind of hoping for is uh, something happens like Loud with Brazil. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but for, for the audience here, Loud is actually one of the largest esports organizations in the world, but most people have never even heard of them because they got their roots in Free Fire. And so if you were actually just to look at the numbers of that organization, they'd go toe to toe with the FaZe Clan, with the 100 Thieves, as far as their reach on, on social media, purely because of that's kind of 
what a lot of these endemic mobile organizations are hoping for is that they'll be the one to kind of catch fire and, and ride the wave from the very beginning. I, I'd never heard of, of that organization. I'll be completely honest with you. And I Look literally, yeah. I, I literally, <laughs> my, my entire life is, is esports and staying on top of everything, yeah. you know, so that, that, that says everything. It will shock uh, you. Yeah. That, that I'll send everything. you some statistics to compare. I'll, I, I'd the, be really in, interested in that. Yeah. You, uh, and so, so as you say, with like endemic mobile organizations and such, uh, in investing and doing really well and being prominent and such, do you, do you think it would be worthwhile for more, a quote unquote tier one organizations from like the, the PC titles and such, um, in investing in, or do you think it's it'll be better for the scene if it is, um, like the homegrown organizations as such? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, for the Clash Royale League specifically, there were a lot of tier one traditional esports organizations that uh, became part of that league. Yeah. Um, ultimately, what I think is going to be best for the industry is that whatever organizations are that are involved are genuinely interested in that game and genuinely interested in mobile as a whole in order to properly support their players and build brands and um you know it's it's one thing to participate in the league right uh, but it's another to actually be a catalyst and an advocate for the game and, and mobile as a whole and be a partner stakeholders that are involved in operating in esports are you know running in, in tandem and, and creating the sustainable ecosystem for everyone so um organizations certainly need to give back and create content around their team and build up brands and um you know create engagements and activations with sponsors to bring more money in as well so um it really is a total package but i've seen a lot of success from endemic organizations that are much smaller than others and i've seen tier one organizations do well and some not do so well so it really uh i think it just comes back to that authenticity and um the genuine interest in kind of growing the games that they're personally involved in. and that makes complete sense and i've got like the most pressing super serious question the hardest one that i'll be to answer right what what, oh, no. what games what games are you playing at the moment which ones have got your attention yeah, so I always go back to Clash Royale, personally. That's just something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. That's where I got my start from. But um, personally, I, I've also kind of play-tested a lot of up-and-coming mobile titles. I try to you know, be one of the first in the alphas uh, in order to just kind of play-test and get a, a grasp on games that are coming out. So um, I'm really excited, actually, for the next release that's coming from Super Evil Megacore. Um, they call it Project Spellfire. They haven't released any details really about it publicly, but this is the publisher behind Vainglory that released, in my personal opinion, one of the most beautiful games that you will ever see on mobile from a graphics perspective and a gameplay perspective with a, a, a MOBA on mobile is fascinating. It is a huge achievement. Um, but that publisher has since taken you know their, their best employees away from that game to create this new project called Spellfire. I cannot wait for that to be released. Um, I also am really excited for Wild Rift. Um, there's been obviously other mobile MOBAs that have come out, like Arena of Valor. Um, they're taking a lot of inspiration from those types of games that have been released, but they're fine tuning it and making it true to the League of Legends IP. Um, and everything that I've seen and, and everyone that I know that's played it has said it's an absolutely brilliant mechanical game for mobile. So um, that's really exciting as well. I can't wait for that to come out. Uh, are there like um, genres or, or like genre of games, so say like FPSs and, and, and your MOBAs and such, that work better than others on mobile, would you say? Um, sure, absolutely. Actually, that's a really great point because I think that that's true for every single platform, yeah. right? It'd be very difficult to play a game like StarCraft on console and it'd be really difficult to play a game like Rocket League on PC, right? Um, without the use of the controller. So uh, it's really natural that some games will be platform specific. Um, so from that perspective, I think that there are a whole slew of control mechanics specific to mobile that 
um, haven't truly been tapped into and moved into quite yet. Bangalore did a really creative job of that by creating a touch-based interface for MOBAs. Um, but then there's also a, a whole, you know, there's gyro, which is kind of the, the motion sensor mechanic and uh, swipe mechanics and um, lots of different things that are possible with mobile that haven't truly been leaned into as like the backbone of the control mechanics for a title yet. But then at the same time, right, so that's one end of the spectrum. The other end is that we're seeing a lot of games now that are trending platform agnostic. So take as an example, right? So that is the same game experience, whether you're playing that on PC or console or mobile. And there's a, a large amount of publishers that are really believing in that as a philosophy that games no longer are you know, limited to a single platform, but that it's more of this broader experience that is happening and you as a player consume and, and engage with that experience wherever you are. So whether you're at your PC or on the go or on the toilet, like you're talking about, you know, tap into that game and have, you know, share that passion with, you know, uh, other people, regardless of what device you're using, it's the same game experience. So it's this really interesting spectrum that's going on um, versus, you know, platform specific titles and then also platform agnostic. Yeah. Do, do you ever see a world in which, say, um, there's a mobile player competing against um, uh, like PC players, for example, like the Fortnite World Cup that in 2022, for example, right? Hypothetically, or, or is it is it just too much of a challenge because of the the, the differences in, in how the games are played, like literally control wise and such, and, and and obviously with a bigger monitor, you you can you right. can see better and spot people better, and, and I assume that leads to, <laughs> to better accuracy at times and stuff. So, do you ever see a point where there'll be that kind of crossover, or do you think it will kind of remain? separate um even though there are these uh, yeah. platform agnostic games out there now i mean that's a great question um and again it, it really does depend on the game itself if you take a title like clash royale there's no competitive advantage whether you're playing that on mobile or on pc it's the same game um but then take a title like fortnite and actually just recently epic hosted a competition that and mobile in the same side and then pc was on the other side so console and mobile players were going at it against each other and something really fascinating into this, there were a lot of scrimmages, right? Of course, pro players are finding, they're trying to, you know, get in their best form for this, this competition. And so mobile and console players for the very first time were scrimmaging against each other. And what ended up happening was a scrim server that was run by console players ended up kicking out all of the mobile players because they were so frustrated that they kept winning. And they kept being aggressive. They're like, oh, they're spanning, you know, the W key or whatever. Um, and mobile players actually ended up uh, winning a, a wide amount of those competitions when that, that competition happened. Um, but there were a lot of things that led into that. Obviously, like mobile players were a bit more aggressive because evidently they didn't have the experience to know how to play in that competitive format. That's what console players were saying. Um, but then also mobile had access to 120 FPS, which console did not have. And they were saying like, oh, that's not fair. So we're going to kick you out. And it was really, really interesting. But mobile players ended up yeah, playing a little bit too hard for the console players from that perspective. Well, they are. I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously really behind on, on this stuff, but yeah. I, I, I don't know where, where I would go to stay up, stay up to date with everything, you know, because there's already yeah. so much to keep up to date with anyway, without like yeah. busting into this brand new, well, what, what for me would be a brand new world, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really tough, and that's something that I really, really hope to see um, in the near future here is uh, proper mobile-specific coverage of everything that's happening in the scene because there's so much going on and so much excitement and 
um, ambition from players and, and content creators and stuff. And I really think it deserves a lot more coverage. So um, anything that I can personally do, if somebody's listening to, to help make that happen, I'm, I'm definitely happy to do it. It might be something I'm interested in at Esports Insider, honestly, because obviously we're yeah. like the industry business side of stuff, but yeah, like yeah. we covered Tribe Gaming, uh, their, their investment, uh, 1.04 million. I don't know why they didn't just say 1 million, but it was 1.04 <laughs> million uh, in, investment from, from um, yeah, Gordon Hayward, and there was a, a wrestler, and I think like the CEO of, of yeah. um, Super Mega as well, actually. But um, That's right. There we go. Oh, my memory's not too bad then. But yeah, like, <laughs> I, the definitely is a market for it i think it would just be finding somebody who can work at the intersection of mobile esports and business and it's hard enough to find people who mm-hmm. are business writers anyway in esports in general right. so that mm-hmm. may be a, an obstacle for us but i i do understand the, the kind of the, the demand for it and the audience there it's it's just, yeah it's just a, a kind of a matter of finding the right person if we could clone you for example so you weren't too timing on, on complexity then then that would be great yeah. <laughs> um so we could stay up to date with things but yeah it's 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 it is a real challenge in esports i find because in sports it's hard for like a journalist doesn't necessarily call themselves like a sports journalist they're like they have their own beat right so you're a football um journalist or rugby or cricket if you like boring sports or something you know but in esports like it's hard for uh, the current climate of esports with like the, the pay and, and the views that that websites get and such it's um yeah it's hard to have a particular beat so like you typically have to be mm. like well-rounded and and what that means is you have to stay on top of everything all the time and that also means it's kind of easy to miss things or forget them quickly because there's just so much going on so so for me to to be fully aware of what's going on on the mobile side of things is difficult when i don't even know what's going on a lot of the time in in asia and such you know we we brought mm-hmm. on um, dedicated reporters for for india and southeast asia but it's it's sourcing those stories it's impossible for me to do i don't know the places i need to look and i also kind of feel like it's it's the same for mobile esports a bit and as you say if there was like a dedicated place for it i'm sure there is somewhere but they're probably not doing the best job um yeah, yeah. It, it would make things a lot easier for, for us so we could shine a bit more light on what's going on over there because obviously i i've seen it i've seen it before where fwiz is tweeting out like the youtube stats for one of the free fire tournaments and i'm like what the actual fuck why are we not <laughs> doing anything on this whatsoever but it's like where the hell do i start you know it's it's, it's i yeah. almost feel like i'm too old like i'm actually the old person now looking down like oh, i don't understand these youngsters is how i almost feel well, listen, man, I learned a long time ago that, you know, the only sustainable advantage that esports organizations can have is learning faster than other people. And it's exactly that reason is that there's so many games that are popping up rapidly nowadays. Again, Call of Duty Mobile got 100 million downloads in a single week. And then there's also all these other regions which have games that are specific to their language, right? With Portuguese and Free Fire. If you don't speak Portuguese, it's a lot harder to find information on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, true with regions like India and especially China, right? So really really uh, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that's happening a lot of stuff that's evolving really rapidly that you just got to keep on top of it so definitely with, with a company like esports insider one of the things that i've personally done is make sure that i you know crunch as many articles and stuff as you guys put out um very least just reading like the executive summary part of it and uh really kind of trying to keep on on top of it myself but yeah a lot of things going on in mobile I, i'd love to you know, even put out some more content myself as far as, you know, top news stories and stuff like that. So um, definitely something that I might personally think should be doing too. Oh, that, that's interesting. I actually want to know kind of your, your exact processes and, and, and um, roles sure. and responsibilities at, at complexity. So I assume it's more than just, say, scouting and managing teams. I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into that stuff. And it, these roles are never as simple as, as they can be condensed <laughs> to sound, you know? 
Right. Yeah. So certainly, you know, my, my core responsibility is recruiting and managing our mobile teams and uh, content creators as well. Um, but then also driving mobile initiatives in order to position complexity at the forefront of any game that we're involved in. So um, I mentioned uh, we have Fortnite Mobile at the moment. And one of the things that we did uh, late last year was run a series called Mobile Mondays. And so this was basically a live and online event where we, we leveraged the GameStop Performance Center, which is our beautiful HQ out in, in Frisco. Um, and ran a live event for Fortnite Mobile, but then also a complimentary online event. And so for that uh, event specifically, I believe the numbers were 15,000 registrants or just under that, and then uh, 5,000 participants um, at, at the peak. So uh, big numbers, again, for, for mobile players in order to engage them from an online perspective. Um, and so, yeah, all across the board, they're also uh, looking out for sponsorships in, in the mobile industry. There's a lot of categories of companies that um, you see in PC and console that haven't quite entered into the mobile space yet. So what can we do as an innovator from that perspective to bring more companies in? Um, and then also just, again, just taking each individual game itself that we're looking at and trying to formulate a concrete strategy that's specific to that title. So if, let's say, free, um, if, if Complexity were interested in entering there, we can't just copy paste our strategy for Clash Royale into Free Fire because the market is totally different. And so um, certainly one, one of my responsibilities is to immerse myself in each of these games, really understand the players and the market and the ecosystem that's being developed from the esports perspective um, and pair that with Complexity's brand and goals in order to, to find a fit. So um, that is very nuanced, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a big part of my job as well. It sounds incredibly challenging to me. Like I wouldn't know where to start. Like, what what would you say? Like the hardest part of of the job is if there is one. I mean, like when when you're fueled by passion and you're really interested in stuff. Like the hardest parts are often the most interesting because you're like solving problems and such, right? But like, is there anything that you find particularly difficult or or challenging and rewarding from the role? Yeah, great question. So I think let me answer it this way. So I think the one of the biggest challenges that mobile as a category has. And this is something that also manifests itself, of course, in my personal role. But the biggest challenge that mobile esports has at the moment is how do you pair this predominantly casual player base with a competitive esports ecosystem? Um, and it's it's very challenging. And I mentioned before that competitive scenes for even games like Clash of Clans can develop and, and be sustainable. Um, but your strategy for operating a competitive esport must change for your market, right? And and it's you have to do it to some extent. Uh, so that you engage the viewers and, and you know create fans and stuff like that. But you've got to find a bridge between what makes for a sustainable competitive sports ecosystem with the market and the actual player base. Um, and so one example of that is uh, what you'll see from Supercell esports titles. If you ever watch one of the broadcasts of CRL or especially Brawl Stars, they do this uh, even more so, is the pace of the games themselves, the pace of the broadcast is really quick. They eliminate as much downtime as possible and get right back to the gameplay because as a casual player, that's what you're mainly interested in. You want to see the game play. And as soon as they drop out of that and they go to like a, a caster segment where it's just two guys at a desk and it gets a little boring, then you see a viewership drop, right? So you've got to really engage and, and keep the attention span of the, the casual player um, from that perspective. But then at the same time, that can create nuances and challenges for competitive, uh, the competitive side because those types of segments are where player brands get built. And the organizational stories of this rival is going against this rival, like that's where you got to talk about that. So it's a constant balance of how can we make sure that we accommodate to all the stakeholders in the esports ecosystem, but at the same time tune things in, to a reasonable degree to casual players. So that's, a, a, in my opinion, 
the biggest challenge right now for mobile esports is how to do that. Um, and it's something that all the publishers are trying to find the right way to do it and kind of crack that nut. But um, we're seeing a lot of progress and again, a lot of learning that's taking place from season to season, especially with esports like CRL. Um, so it, it's exciting to see that. But again, I think over time, the player base as a whole is going to get a little bit more competitive. And so that's going to ease up. Um, and then also publishers and, and tournament operators are going to get more uh, wise as well about you know, what things can be sacrificed within one, what things should be kept for competitive integrity and stuff like that. Okay, no, no, no that's, that's really cool. And and before I forget, because I know we'll forget this if I don't bring it up. So it's kind of it's kind of a harsh turn from the conversation we just had there. But so right. and I'm not, I'm not gonna try and get you to rag on Fnatic at all, right? But Fnatic partnered with One Plus, and and yeah. they they have like Fnatic mode, which I think is like some gaming game mode on the on the phone, right? Which I assume is just right. like a performance optimization thing. Like how how good is yes. that, right? Because I've seen it and I've seen it. And no, I've never really seen anyone talk about it. Like I'm I, and again, I'm not trying to get you to talk bad about people. I'll do that myself. That's fine. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. But like, is it actually? up to scratch and and on on not quite um so listen i'll, I'll say i personally have not tried the fanatic mode but right. i have heard a lot about it as you're talking about it um i've also seen uh organizations like tribe gaming who have a partnership with one plus um well and uh one plus has also done uh sponsorships with power bang you mentioned him a little bit earlier um so one plus is a company that's actually doing some great stuff in the mobile sports industry um and uh, I'll, let me say this also, is that mobile type, um, this is on the performance topic mm -hmm. that attic mode is really tapping into. Mobile titles are really interesting because, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about how there are hardware limitations or, um, you know, mobile will never be serious until you have the processing capabilities of a PC and stuff like that. And there are these games like Free Fire that pop up and Free Fire actually got to be so widely popular because of its ability to run on low-end devices. And so it gives you this really robust Battle Royale experience that is playable on basically any smartphone. Um, so you don't necessarily need like the latest gen tech in order to run mobile esports titles. Um, and you certainly don't need that as a, a player in order to feel like you're part of the mobile esports industry, right? So um, it, it's this really interesting thing. So on the one hand, I totally get that you have this like awesome device in your hands. Like I've tried the, the Samsung S20 as an example. It, it's a beast. Like you have 16 gigs of RAM in your phone and it's like 1440p screen, 120 Hertz. It's insane. It's, it's a PC in your pocket basically. Um, and so it's really a satisfying experience to play on something like that, but you also are able to just play on pretty much any device and anybody basically can be um, a mobile gamer nowadays, which is one of the most, you know, optimistic things about this industry is that it's so accessible to literally anybody. Yeah. And the thing that I hope to communicate as you know, someone in the mobile sports industry to the broader esports uh, uh, industry is that you know, think of mobile as one of the ways that the esports industry as a whole can grow and tap into new players, basically, um, because this is a platform that is able to be accessible to literally everyone. Um, and take Call of Duty Mobile as an example, right? If and when Call of Duty Mobile rolls out a comprehensive esports plan for the game. Um, this is going to be an incredible thing for participants in the Call of Duty League because you're now gaining access to hundreds of millions potentially of new fans into your esports ecosystem also. Um, so there's a lot of synergy that goes on between mobile and other platforms that is going to end up being a hugely beneficial thing for everybody. 
And speaking of uh, COD Mobile, so I downloaded it to see what the crack was, right? And it has um, yeah. quite a lot of Call of Duty 4 maps. And if, if anybody who watches or listens to this should know, Call of Duty 4 is my game. Like, I'm literally unbeatable on it. Like, ask anyone. That's where I got my start. I refuse to be beaten. And I went 20 and 0 in Search and Destroy. I think it was Crash on the, my very first game, right? Not a mobile gamer, as I say. So I say all that to say, <laughs> when will you present me with my COD Mobile player contract? <laughs> Well, you're you're in a tough spot because you could go pro at that and Brawl Stars. I'm hearing too. Exactly. Yeah, anything, anything I want if I put my mind to it, mate. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk recruitment after this podcast. Also, there we go. That, that's the whole reason I set this up actually, just to get my <laughs> my foot in the door, you know. Um, but no, but no, I, I've I I I've always always thought that there could be a, a barrier to entry to to mobile with. with if if yeah if mobiles aren't really up to scratch but so so basically my my iphone 11 does run games it seems to be fine it actually used to crash on pubg mobile a lot i never actually got a full game out on that now i think about it but i also know it's not built with that kind of gaming in mind they've got apple arcade on there they want to push that shit and make more money you know and, and they, they want to limit you and stuff but like yeah so like one plus seems to be uh, is that kind of like the flagship like manufacturing in in mobile um, OnePlus is certainly one of the top uh, players from that perspective. Samsung is also still huge. Um, a lot of you know pro players also use Apple devices. Um, certainly, you know, iPads are, are some of the more popular yeah, right. tablets. Um, but you know, it, it, we're getting so much more hardware than we've ever seen before. Also, companies like Razer that are releasing phones, and um, Asus uh, has their own gaming phones as well. So, a lot of momentum from that perspective. You know. So. If it's this accessible and there's so many players, like what I I don't understand why it's not as big in in the West. I I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, and I know, yeah. I know we've already kind of uh, discussed like the, the <laughs> shitty mindset they have, like the kind of derogatory mindset almost where they're looking down on things as if it's not good enough. But when obviously it is, they, if they if they downloaded whatever game and played one of the pros, they would get absolutely smoked. So no, they can't say it's anything to do with that, you know, like there's no skill gap yeah. there or anything. It's it's like yeah. it's legit as any other title in in my eyes. It's just it's just a different medium. Um, but yeah, I can't yeah. I can't wrap my head around why the, the, this kind of moment hasn't happened in in the West yet. I I don't understand it for the life of me, and it's the kind of thing where I will probably stay awake tonight thinking about it, and then <laughs> end up like messaging you saying, "Oh, mate, I'm having a meltdown. Please give me the answer." <laughs> I, I I just I don't I don't understand it. It seems like it's just primed to just fucking like it should be there now. Yeah. It should have already been there. Oh uh, yep. God, that that's winding me up now. This is why I shouldn't have opened the mobile esports box because I'm never. <laughs> I'm never going to be the same again now. And, and I want to yeah. I I apologize for how much of a grilling session this has be- become. Because I, like, before, oh, not I, at all. To, yeah. to be transparent with, with those tuning in, I, um, I didn't really provide any talking points because I just wanted it to be like a, a natural conversation. I even used that. I say, I don't, I don't like to manufacture things. But then I've just got so many fucking questions. And you have the answers yeah. or, or, or at least like great insight into things, whether you can't explain the exact reason why it hasn't taken off yet. Like you can right. give a good insight, but yeah, it's just, I, I can't, I couldn't help but just ask more because there's so many questions for somebody who's un- uneducated and pretty ignorant like myself. I guess I could call myself ignorant, which is a shame. I'll try and change that You're from now educated. on. pretty uh, educated. Give yourself a little credit. You're pretty educated too. <laughs> but yeah, I just, just want to apologize for how much of a grilling session it was, but I, I'd like to think that the, the people that watch who aren't really informed would also have similar questions and kind of feel like the, yeah. they've come out of things more, more educated. I, I definitely think um, 
well, I'll say this now. I would love to speak to you at some point for an article on Esports Insider to discuss mobile esports if that is something you'd be interested yeah. in. Absolutely. And, and and while while I mention Esports Insider, I might as well just plug it quickly and say with the leading esports business publication, go to esportsinsider.com if you want to stay up to date with everything. I think at the time of recording, we've published eight articles, three of them including uh, our um, huge features and the competition out there and maybe done two or three pieces. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on anyone, <laughs> though I would love to. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be more um, sensible about stuff and not be so abrasive um which goes against everything i am but <laughs> try trying to be a nicer guy um but but no so yeah I, I, w- I would love to speak to you at some point on that um i i'm trying to think of if i've got any like real pressing questions but i don't think so you're the man with all of the answers well let me just say this on that topic of what it's going to take in the west I'll, yes I'll i would love that this, right so mobile esports is hands down biggest sleeping giant in the esports industry. Um, and we've seen so much momentum, especially over the last two years, right? PUBG Mobile and Fortnite Mobile just launched two years ago. Um, and the fact that those have grown and become what they are is absolutely fantastic. Um, last year, we had a game like Free Fire come up, um, you know, also Call of Duty Mobile late last year. This year, we've got Wild Rift coming out. It just seems like more and more momentum um, is being built in this industry. And, you know, when it comes to what's what it's gonna take to really you know, gain presence in the West here and take off. I, I just can't help but believe that this is just so teed up because you've got everything required. You've got the infrastructure in place. You've got massive players. Uh, like mobile gaming as a category it is bigger than PC gaming and console gaming in the West. Um, and you've got the mobile players there already. Uh, it's honestly, it's. I know we keep saying this, but it's a matter of time. And I just can't help but believe that it's teed up and ready to take off. So. Um, certainly want to make sure that personally I'm, I'm in a position to continue building at the forefront and um, know that there's a lot of opportunities uh, in the near future here for other people that are interested as well. So um, super, super excited about the future and the, and the present of mobile esports and uh, really appreciate you having me on. No, no, of course. It certainly seems like uh, complexity is primed to take advantage and, and, and not take advantage in that way, but like, you know, like jump, jump on the wave and be there and ready when, when this, this moment does, does come into fruition, you know. Yeah. And um, again, thank you for for coming on and and sharing your your wise 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 words, your ultimate <laughs> wisdom on all, all things mobile. I really appreciate it, and I, I'm pretty sure we'll get a good response from this one. Um, I just hope people awesome. are open minded. That that's the only thing. That's something I struggle with as well. Actually, being completely honest with you, like I, I'm quite close minded to a lot of things. If 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 I've seen one thing that maybe didn't I didn't agree with, I hate it for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> but and and like PUBG Mobile, for example, I will never try that again because it didn't load twice. I could, it didn't Ooh. let me stay in the game, so they fucked it there. I'll be honest with you. But no, I hope people are <laughs> open-minded, and I I do think we'll see some people pay more attention, including myself, from now on. So now now is a chance for you. We we'll wrap up now. Um, we're both a bit busy men at the end of the day, and I've, I've I've done as much grilling as as I should. I shouldn't press any further. So yeah, if if you like to plug yourself um however you wish now now is your moment to do so mate absolutely i mean listen um the best way to get in touch with me is, is probably on twitter uh you can reach out to me at the mobile matt um i'm also obviously on uh linkedin matt rutledge um and you can also uh, feel free to email me as well my email is matt at mobile esports lab love the stuff nice and simple i like it um, yeah so go go follow him it's, it makes sense stay on top of whatever the fuck's about to come because we know it's going to be huge 
And thank you for tuning into episode X. I don't know what episode it is, so I'll call it episode X of the Adam Fisher podcast. <laughs> out every Tuesday, everywhere you watch and listen to podcasts, basically. If if I'm missing a platform, then, then fuck that platform. Let me know what it is and I'll see what's going on there. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one.